Yes, Stannis burning Shireen is probably, probably in the cards, <laughs> but that doesn't mean I'm gonna ever admit it. Hey, uh, hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners, your favorite full spoiler reread podcast of George R.R. R. Martin's Song of Ice and Fire series. As always, I'm your host, Zach. Sitting here with me is my brother, Nate. I'm Nate. That's Nate. Hey. He's Nate. So, we read books. Yeah. Well, we read a book series. Yeah. Uh, slowly. Slowly. Two chapters a week is not our normal pace. If you have joined us before, you know that we are full spoiler. Thank you for coming back. If this is your first time, this is the the warning. This is it. Right That's here. Bam. And so, you... Will from this point on just be talking about the series as if you don't give a fuck that you hear the ending of it. So that we don't being know the end of the series, we yeah. don't. We'll talk about the parts that we know as far as it's come out so far. When Zach's being an asshole. If you joined us before last episode, we were reading and discussing Davos two, yeah. Davos Seaworth's second episode and Davos chapter chapter of Storm episode Swords. and episode for this this season book. Yeah, yeah, but. Davos, having been saved from his Spear of the Merling King out in Blackwater Bay, was taken aboard Salador San-owned vessels and met the Captain Kohorin. Well, Salador San seized vessels, right. as we learned that he had taken them, as he's the newly appointed Lord of Blackwater Bay. Ay, ay, ay. And with that power, he's been taking ships that happen to belong to Meister, Grandmeister, what the fuck is his, his title? Illyrio's? Magister. Yeah. Magister Illyrios. Yeah. Uh, I said Meister, like yeah. a fucking tool. Um, yeah, listen to us. We know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Meister um, Illyrio. He, he sees some boats from there, which we also know that Danny had taken some. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Davos, too, is entirely permeated by thoughts of murder as yeah. he sees the Red Woman everywhere Davos does. He reveals his plan to cut out Melisandre's heart and burn it if she has one to Solidor San who immediately advises against this and says, let's just fucking go, bro. We'll fill our, make our purses fat, be pirates again. It'll be dope. Davos can't do that. Davos can't and won't do that. And poor Sally gets very upset and dismisses him. So he heads up to the castle where nobody knows who the fuck he is. Well, all the men that he knew died right. at Blackwater. He noticed how empty Dragonstone is after Stannis retreated because he didn't have many men to come back with. And he's, he's led to Aegon's garden, Gardens where he comes across, or better yet, they come across him. Uh, Shireen, Princess Shireen, and Patchface. Yeah. Jingle jangle, here he comes to fucking scare the children. Apparently not the children, they all love no, him. No, he scares the adults. Um, we also get to meet Edric Storm. Hell yeah, we do. Which was a pretty cool... It's a kind of nice little reflection of what Robert might have been like as a child, because he is very stir- steadfast and, you know, strong. He, he voices his opinion. Nah, I mean, Stannis shouldn't have me, taken those. He's, uh, he's high-born Gendry. Absolutely. Like, yeah. He's what Gendry would have been had he actually been born, similar to Arya. Um, and then he's met by Sir Axel Florent, and he is disarmed Ugh. of his weapon, and told he's being placed in a dungeon cell because he means to harm their lady. And so Davos is not doing so well on Dragonstone. We are not reading Davos today, though. No, no, no. We're reading Jamie 2. Jamie 2. And last we left Jamie, he had picked up right after his escape from River Run with from Lady Catelyn, freeing him with uh, Brienne and Sir Cleos Frey. They had a daring escape down the river. So I know this is just a recap of Jamie's previous chapter. But I really wanted to mention something that we didn't really mention, I don't think, too heavily during either Catelyn's last chapter of Clash of Kings when that happened, or during Jamie's. that the last words that she says in her last chapter to Brienne is, bring me your sword. Yeah. And we know that at the end of Dance with Dragons, which is out, not Winds of Winter, um, that Brienne, or I think it's Feast... No, it is dance that Brienne gets hung by the... No, it's the end of Feast. It is the end yeah, of Feast. Yeah, because in dance, she shows up out of the woodwork and, and is like, hey, come she, with me. She <laughs> shriek, manages to shriek out one word. Yeah. And it's been confirmed, all but confirmed, that it's by George Martin that sword. the word is sword. Yeah. And it just correlates heavily, I think, to that last Catelyn chapter where she makes that decision of honor 
and for Brienne's life to be on the line, for that word to come back into play. Sure. And so I just wanted to highlight that because I think it's a fun little detail. Yeah, so they made a daring escape from some River Run pursuies and dropping a rock on their ship to sink it and scuttle it. They continued onward, coming upon a tree where a bunch of prostitutes were hung. Well, the tree, I think, happened before they began. Whichever. The order is not fucking important. It is. It's, you know, a story. It's written in the order it is by Uh Martin for a reason. But, you know, go ahead and change. Chronology. Says the guy who's bringing up his talk with Catelyn when he escaped when we're just trying to get to Jamie too. Fuck. This guy. Ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, they came upon a tree full of prostitutes that was marked. They lay with lions. Jamie and Brienne had a fundamental debate over that. And then you're right, yes, they noticed the boat then, and they ran. Oh, sorry. And <laughs> continued on, Jamie basically switching between... Murdering her murdering and, and giving her compliments within his head about how she's performing <laughs> and the tasks that she's doing them and how fucking adeptly she's performing them. They survived these onslaught from the River Run men and make their way up the river, which is where we pick up with them now. It is Jamie Lannister who spied the inn first. Uh, and as the three immediately begin debating whether or not to check it out, Jamie is noting that there's no smoke from the chimney nor lights in the windows. It seems to be deserted. Yeah, so they may as well head there because there's probably going to be some beds. They might be able to find some fucking abandoned food or something. Yeah. Check it out. So she decides begrudgingly, sure, all right. As they're docking. There's a sign swinging of a king on his knees, and Jamie <laughs> declares that they could not have found a better inn to stay at. And Sir Cleos explains that they're at the inn of the Kneeling Man, built on the very spot where the last king in the north knelt before Aegon the Conqueror in submission. So I think this is super cool for a fucking million different reasons. Jamie revels in this. He yeah. loves the thought of the Stark spending the knee, which. I think it's odd. Why is he takes a lot of fucking clearly enjoyment out of the Starks bending the knee, but he, they're bending him to Targaryens. I and... think that for him, as we'll see, it's the Targaryen thought doesn't necessarily dissuade him all that much. He's he kind of considers them a little bit here and there, but he's got some venom towards Ned Stark for judging him, right? And uh, Rob Stark for defeating him. So I can absolutely see why he's thinks this is a funny, ironic spot to be at where the Oh, I get why he thinks it's funny. I just, he revels in this Yeah, so I think it's purely because of the venom towards Ned Stark and the line of Starks because of Ned Stark. Um, But yeah, Torrin Stark knelt to Aegon the Conqueror here. Yeah. Uh, Do you think that this is uh, also part of the foreshadowing? Because I think that his dream later on is also going to be a little hinting at, you know, his hand and his sword and shit. Do you think this kind of shows off a little bit of what Jamie might be, what we might see in the future for Jamie with his trying to regain honor and kneeling down for forgiveness? No, more so than... no, I think if anything, it's showing how far yet he has to go to let go of this anger and because of how mock much of a right. show he's, how much me, he, like you said, revels in right. This. What jumped out was how much pleasure he gets out of any sort of discomfort to the Starks and like. This is reaching back to a time where Jamie wasn't even a fucking thought. And so it's just interesting that he so gets enjoyment out of the thought of the Starks bending their frozen knees. And I think it's meant to illustrate that, yeah, this guy holds some fucking grudges toward a lot of people in this kingdom. And he doesn't necessarily not have good reason to. Either. Right, right. But so he, he hears a horse yeah, he in the stable and then kind of just makes his way to the to the door, pushes it open. Yeah, well, he thinks that one horse is all he'll need to right. put this wench behind him, and so, so he's still plotting once to again, though, get away. We also, and I think I really enjoy reading this chapter because most of the rereads, you kind of forget that he's not the worst person in this world. That, you know, he's done some awful things, but among the men that have, that exist and do shit in this, this world, he's not the worst of yeah. them. And so if you go into all of his chapters, one and now two, with that, like, let's see, take his thoughts into context of this guy's not actually a bad dude necessarily. I mean, again, he's a bad dude, but... But he's a vic- he's been hurt he's in some just way, as shape, or form. And so yeah. looking at it this early on, before we actually... Because Martin's show, building up to where we're going to be on his side with the hand, and even yeah. then, afterwards, it's still a build till he's, you know, respected by Brienne. But 
if you look at it from here, even his thoughts and the cynicism is toned like he holds himself back and does. It's almost like the Hound with Sansa, how she tries to find a knight in there. It's like inside Jamie, the knight, the honorable knight, and the Kingslayer are kind of always and the knight back gets and forth. Right, where the Kingslayer, yeah, because he needs to, to meet the expectations. Well, because it gets thrown it. in his right. face so right. often. Yeah, as Jamie's shoulders open the door. He's greeted by a chunky boy of 15 holding a crossbow loaded. Lionfish a wolf. Jamie's hoping for some capron, but, you know, some trout will serve as well. And the boy. Well, he also then crossbows are a coward's weapon. Yep. Looking like this cocky. God, I love Jamie <laughs> Lannister. Just staring this crossbow bolt down. And he's like, you know, crossbows, they're a coward's weapon. You're kind of a little bitch. The kid said, uh that it'll kill him dead all the same and Jamie's like do that and then my cousin has to open your entrails on the floor and Cleos is like don't scare him and Brienne's like we have coin we'll pay for food and drink chill out everybody and so the uh, the boy tells them that they should they have they, to undo yeah. their sword belts which they do and another man appears Sallow offering horse meat saying he's got enough horse meat for the three of them and saying as well that he is not the innkeep he buried the innkeep and his woman out back and claims the place is now his and his wife's. Yeah, which is, they're, they're not sure if he killed, did you kill him? And he was like, do you really think I would tell you if I actually did? Does it really matter, like, right, right here at this point in this, this fucking world? Yeah, he says wolves likely, or lions, what's the difference? And I think that's a key point of information we're being given to the small folk yeah, there's yeah. no difference between these two men at, these two armies at this point yeah yeah the, and the so, north is and this again is my argument for the end of the show the north is never painted as this good entirely holy right righteous right. fucking group like they're doing the same thing the small folk don't know if it's the lions or the wolves killing them and pillaging and right yada, and this yada. is through the riverlands yeah and it's like right. so it's not the north so the wolves go crazy just like the lannisters like did and boltons the, the boltons wolves. do yeah um shit i forgot what i was gonna say oh so they basically start kind of settling in to eat some eat some horse meat so jamie sits down and i just wanted to he he thinks to himself that because he's the chains are pissing he him off stretches out his long legs and, and he thinks clinks. the sound is irritating i think it's the sound more than anything oh, at this yeah. point and he he says by the end of this i'm gonna wrap these chains around her throat hell yeah and again there's that like he keeps ta- he had the opportunity to kill her. Mm-hmm. We and thinking into context of like you already failed on doing that. So why would you why are you still doing it? like it's his, him trying to convince himself, himself that he wants it, to yeah. kill her and it's I don't think he does at yeah. all. So they eat and chat and the man asks for news from River Run and they basically tell him that Lord Hoster's failing. Yeah, and Edmure holds the Red Fork against the Lannisters. And he asks where they're heading, and Sir Cleos tells him King's Landing. Nah, not a good, not a good idea. Yeah. I wouldn't go there, man. Stannis, he's outside the city walls with a magic sword. Yo, a magic sword. That, and if you didn't hear, that's not the worst of it. Ned broke his leg. Jamie would like to show. Stannis a thing or two, which I think would be such a cool fight, Stannis and Jamie going at it. Do you think Stannis is good I enough to Stannis... stand a chance against Jamie? Maybe. I mean I don't think he would I, be. I don't I think he would hold his own for a minute or two, but I think he'd lose. I think but... yeah, I think he'd lose pretty quickly. I think it would be very showy from Jamie, but I think I, it would be I don't a... think Stannis is bad. By I think any it'd means. be the equivalent of like Ned Stark and Jamie going even... at it. Even that seems like a little stretch for me. I don't think that Stannis is on that level nah, with my boy, Ned. my boy can handle some shit. I don't think that either of them are on par with him oh, strategically. I agree with that. But I don't think that he... I think that Ned would be able to dispatch him pretty handily with a Jamie sword. or Stannis? No, Stannis. Mm, yeah. We'll have to see what happened at the Tower of Joy. I think the listeners should tell us what they think. I think that Stannis and Ned would be a good fight as well, actually. Stannis versus Ned. I'm going to put a poll up on Twitter. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Because, yeah, I don't think we actually ever get any proof of Stannis' sword ability, but I just thought it was a fun fact, or a fun little thought that Jamie's like, yeah, fucking Stannis. Yo, mm. I'll fucking take you, Stannis. Come on. And I think that's all it is. It's that, like, yo, he's not that big. I could fucking yeah, take him. Yeah, if I was there. Yeah, yeah. The man advises that they should avoid the King's Road. It's worse than bad. Uh, broken men just taking right. and robbing as they please. Cleos is like, yeah, nobody's going to dare approach a group of armed men. 
begging your pardons, my lord. I see one armed man, one in chains, and a woman. And Brianne winces, and Jamie immediately picks up on it, how she hates being reminded she is a wench. I I was surprised at how much he pays attention to everything and like he's, yeah Jamie's he's fucking it on it dude yo he's it's so cool to see him just like this is why this guy's doing this she is she realize he think he's not sure technically but he doesn't think she's picking up any of these details right, he yeah. thinks he's so clever and like way smart yeah, and then yeah, yeah. not until the end when he's like oh shit all right yeah, cool she paid attention. Their host tells them that the river is blocked about 30 miles down and it's being used as a hunting ground for bandits and brigands. And that the Lightning Lord has been spotted around here. Lord Beric Dondarrion, and it is said that he cannot die. Yeah, because he's running around with the wizard. Right. Jamie and... asks if Thoros is still with him, and he says he is. And there's tell that he has strange powers. And Jamie's like, the only power I can recall. Is that he could match Robert drink for fucking drink. I love that. And that he had once told Jamie that his robes were red to hide the wine stains on them. Yeah. So Told Robert that. Told Robert, Robert almost yeah. died. And so, Robert almost died. I he did. This, he spit his shit all yeah, over yeah, Cersei. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is brilliant by fucking Martin. Because we're, we just... We specifically were saying Clash was the introduction to magic. Like, this is what this whole fucking book has been building this whole emphasis yeah. towards. We get this, this guy specifically saying... He's got strange powers. This man has strange powers. We know for a fact that he, when he lights his sword on fire, it's because of the oil. Yeah. And he always has to replace the swords because they're destroyed. Because it's mentioned during Stannis, uh, Davos chapters yeah. how it's not the real sword. That it lights on fire, it's fake bullshit. So we've everything we have seen from Thoros, including this insight from Jamie, is he's just a fucking drunk dude. And it's the whole unreliable narrator yeah, 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 that he yeah. does. But I just love it that we're going to very soon see Thoros of Mir fucking going crazy with like some of the first big magic that we've had confirmed. Someone, yeah. Besides Danny doing something, yeah, yeah. And she and brought Mel. the dragons and Mel. Oh, shadow with the shadow baby. baby. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Duh. And so, yeah, they discuss taking the road. Brienne says that they're going to need horses if they do. And the man's like, well, there's three in the stable as it happens. They're not for sale. And Jamie's like, of course they're not, but you'll show them to us anyway. And so they go. And the three horses are there. They're passable. Can I just also point out that, and I meant to mention it, Brienne's in charge. And Frey, Cleo's Frey. Jamie's calling the shots. Yeah, pretty much. No, we're, you're going to show us this. This is how it's going to well, go. Well, it's, it's not so much that he's calling the shots as he's jumping in before Brienne. Right, but I just, butt. the it's way that he does yeah. it, oh, it's yeah. just so, it's it's almost fun to watch him just, like, dictating the way this goes, whether they like it or not. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's just stepping on Brienne's toes yeah, yeah. to do it. So, yeah, they go to the stables, and Jamie immediately notes that there's more horse shit than horses, but... They begin to haggle, and Brienne ends up settling with offering a gold dragon per horse, which Jamie thinks is just bullshit, and their skiff, and she also wants some provisions for their journey, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so they, they agree on that, and then the man tries very hard to get them to stay the night, to get them to buy beds for the evening, and immediately, like, Cleos is like, hell yeah, and Brienne's like, no, we, we gotta keep going, like, and Jamie's like, yeah, no, the wench is right, we need to keep moving, and Cleos is like, but you were the one who said you wanted to check out the inn. And Jamie's like, yeah, you Dude, fucking the- idiot. Then, before I knew, when I thought it was deserted, right. now that there's someone and here. And this is the first time that he really starts complimenting Brienne. Good. She doesn't want to stay here right. after all. We're leaving now. Yeah. Wonderful. We need to go, Cleo. And they, they do. Well, Jamie says Cleos. he's got a, his hands will need to be freed so he can ride. And the man says that there's his a legs. Smith, smithy round, his legs, yeah. The, there's a smithy round back, so. The sooner, and then Jamie says, the sooner the better. Let's get out of here. There's far too much horse shit in here for my taste. And he gives Brienne a sharp look like, do you get it? But he doesn't think she does. So Brienne splits his ankle chains but keeps yeah. his wrists He makes bound. the joke or doesn't. it's not a joke to him. He asks about and having those just, yeah. and she ignores him. Fuck you, dude. And so their host then gives them some directions. Down the road, down the river, you'll come to a burned village. The road splits there. 
south will lead you to Sir Warren's Stonehouse. Sir Warren went and died. No one knows who owns it now. But that place is best shunned as there's brigands and bandits around there. You yeah, do yeah. better to follow the tracks through the woods south by east. And Brian's like, we'll do that. Thank you. And so Jamie ends up on the one-eyed the gelding. Horse, yeah, that he was, uh, he was like, mocking. That's a stupid one. She was like, you shouldn't talk shit about your horse. Yep. And he's like, there's no chance I'll ever escape on Which this fucking Brienne thing. intended. Right. She's not dumb. Right. And yeah, just to make it clear, like as much as I found it amusing that he was dictating everything, essentially, I also realized that this whole chapter is Jamie's internal mansplaining. He oh, yeah, just yeah, yeah. assumes that she doesn't know when Brian she clearly has has, handled. Yeah, like shut the fuck up and let her take care of business. Yeah, which she she offered learn, she'd but... offered him an easier price to make sure that things just went smoothly. Right. The skiff will learn she didn't need because she planned on abandoning it anyway because of fear of soldiers at the Ruby Ford and the crossroads, which is brilliant. So like Everything that he brought in and, like, she had already accounted for and handled it without consi- even, checking with him. And is even being aware not only of this strange man they're dealing with right now, but her prisoner and putting Jamie on the, the lame right, horse, the, the horse, one-eyed uh, horse, so mm-hmm. he can't flee and all these things. Yes, I'll strike off his ankle chains. I'm not giving him freedom of his hands. He's going to be manacled still. Like, it's all yeah, – Brienne right. is on it. She's handling shit. So the man and the boy watched them as they ride away, which I just, I think is such a striking image of yeah, it's very the boy menacing. with the crossbow and the man, yeah. And Jamie notes just, it feels good to be mounted again. He had, hadn't had a horse under him since his had been killed underneath him in the right. spring wood. And so they reach the burned village, and Brienne considers briefly both tracks and then swings south. And Jamie is pleasantly surprised. He would have made the same choice. This is to Sir Warren's storehouse yeah. where they were advised against going. And Cleos is like, Yo, no, 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 no. He said to go the other way. You're going the wrong way. And she's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Well, first up. he says the innkeep said to go. And she's like, he was no innkeep at all. First and of all. Then, he said so himself to begin with. And then, yeah, she explains it to him that it's probably a fucking trap. Like, he's probably got guys waiting down that way to direct people to to rob us blind. And Jamie's like, well, what a clever wench. She is right, he tells Sir Cleos. And then she reveals that she didn't want to risk the river anyway because of fear of soldiers soldiers, at the Ruby Ford. Even though that's what she had told the guy was her plan, was to go down the thing. Keep riding all the way down to Maidenpool and Duskendale and from there go. And, mm -hmm. And Jamie thinks, well, she may be ugly. But she's not entirely stupid, which is about as complimentive as Jamie can get at this point. Yeah, yeah. And so they veer off for a while, but then eventually find the road just to make sure they're staying safe. And half a day later, they stopped in a grove of oak and ash. And the night is very peaceful around them. Jamie hears some wolves howling off in the distance. Nymeria's pack, what up? What up? And he thinks the war had not touched this place, and he is just glad, glad to be alive, glad to be going back to Cersei. Yeah. Shit's good. And they travel for quite a ways, and eventually... They're resting. Oh, are they resting? I'm sorry, I was I zoned out a minute there while you were, apparently when you said resting. Brienne takes the first watch, and Cleos immediately falls asleep, and Jamie asks if Brienne has any siblings. And she eyes him suspiciously, but she's like, no, I'm my father's only si- Oops. child. Whoops. And Jamie, of course, is like, you were going to say son. Ah, ah. Did you think you were son? And he's like, well, I guess that does make sense because you'd make a queer daughter. That's for damn sure. And she turns away from him fucking pissed. And, and this is where we get the first kind of humanite. Like, yeah. Yeah, where he sees her. Oh, my my bad. Like, I, I got ahead of myself. And she reminds actually, him of Tyrion. Let me say it's not the first time. Because Catelyn. he did the same thing with Catelyn once, where when she was storming out, like, done, nope, fuck you. And he was like, my, my bad. Like, right, when people shut down around I, him. He... I forget sometimes, and I just... But here he thinks it's because she reminds him of Tyrion. Like, she is a wretched creature, but there's something about her. Even though they couldn't be any more dissimilar, there's right, something right. about her. And he thinks that, that, is that why he does, he feels the need to reach out and say, I meant no offense? And so, yeah, he Forgive does. Forgive me. Forgive me, he asks, yeah. And she says, your crimes are past forgiving, Kingslayer. And he's like, that fucking name. What have I done to you? Did I ever hurt you or wrong you personally? And she says, no, but you've hurt those you were sworn to protect, the ones you took an oath. And he's like, of course. 
The king. Yeah, it always comes back to Ares. Always comes back to Ares. And she asks why why he even donned the white cloak if you plan to soil it. like. And he wonders what he could possibly say that would make her ever understand. And then he thinks in his head... He joined for love, of course. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he told her that, oh, it's because I was young and 15, and they go already on her. Yeah. And she was like, bullshit. And he's like, if I even told her the truth, it'd be, she wouldn't want to listen to any of it anyway, because how dare I be with my sister? So we get the, the story. Cersei was taken to court at 12 by Tywin, and Tywin refused every offer for her hand, wanting to let her mature and grow into a more beautiful woman, or no doubt waiting for Prince Viserys or Elia, Rhaegar's wife, to die in childbed. Jaime, however, had spent four years sparring for Sumner Craycall, but during a brief call at King's Landing, Cersei took him aside and told him to take the cloak to be closer to her. A spot was open anyway as... A previous member died, just died. Yeah, he was old. And then, basically, they argue about it. Jamie's uncertain, and Cersei fucks him silly, and then he realizes what's a rock compared to being with Cersei. Yeah. So they go through with it. Cersei takes care of the rest, and furious, Tywin resigned handship, taking Cersei back to Casterly Rock. And Jamie was left alone, guarding a mad king, while four men tried to fill his father's shoes. Right. And so quick was the turnaround that Jamie only recalled their... Well, he recalled their faces, but better recalled their sigils. Their her- yeah, their heraldry. And, um, uh, yeah. So, we discussed it at great length that Cersei went and said, you know, we can... I'll get you into the Kingsguard. Like, I can... I got I can this, that. yeah. And we decided us... Because there's no confirmation as to whether she had any kind of... Plan, plan in, mind. in mind, or if she did anything at all, and we're kind of more of of mind that if she did anything, it was kind of she just said something in passing to somebody around that might mention it to Ares. Otherwise, more of because she was there, she heard about the fact that Ares was already planning this as the slight towards Tywin, and was just like, "Yo, I can get you in here." Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean she might not have pushed it further. With you know, I'm sure she was with Alaria. Uh, Rhaegar's wife and people that might be around Ares as, you know, she yeah. was a pretty prominent person there still. Look at Sansa. Sansa's around all sorts of people, and that's essentially what Cersei was, a little less captive right. at that point. Yeah, but. I tend to lean towards Cersei was bullshit. She right. didn't have a plan. She didn't have an idea. She had probably heard whispers that Ares was thinking of naming Jamie to piss off Tywin, and... That's uh, pretty much it. Cersei yeah. saw an advantage, then went and used, used it to manipulate her means as she does, which is sex, and manipulated Jamie hardcore into getting what she wanted because she didn't want to be alone. And so I don't think there was a plan. I Just think it's using Cersei knowledge, being she had, conniving, yeah, and yeah. and so Jamie goes through quickly the sigils, but mainly the important one is Rossart, the last. Yeah, and Jamie thinks that he was the alchemist working with the wildfire and he should have drowned him instead of gutting him and i gotta assume that jamie means drown him in wildfire like just fucking dunk him in a bear oh yeah absolutely like what why like why else would he want to specifically drown him but i yeah in what i mean maybe in the water to yeah yeah, yeah, to cancel it out but i I feel like drown him in the fucking wildfire that he killed so many with yeah yeah yeah. and uh jamie tells brianne that you couldn't you weren't young and old enough to know Ares, and she's like, "Oh no, no, I don't, I don't buy that." He was mad. We get it, but you still vowed to protect him, and you didn't. And she's like, "Yo, how are we any different, bro? You're a Kingslayer too, from what I hear." <laughs> I never touched Redley, and I'll kill any man who says I did. Oh, so kill Cleo's here? Yeah, and uh, kill like a million other people, from what I hear, because rumor has it, rumor has it that you are. A shitty person who was alone in that tent. And she's like, no, there was the shadow. And he's like, oh, fuck. Why didn't I think of a that? A mysterious shadow that kills Son everybody. Should have gone with that one for yeah, Ares. Yeah. Great, great. He thinks that she's going to hit him here. Because uh, she, she's just fucking looking at him with loathing. Yo, and she leans right in. He gets like... ready to snatch her dagger and jam it up into her womb. But she says that it is a gift to be a knight. And even more so, a knight of the king's guard, and it is a gift that you soiled and scorned. And Jamie says, "I did everything right 
growing up. I, I just, earned I my knighthood. I earned my spurs and F- all that right. fun stuff. I fought alongside Arthur Dane against the, the Knight, uh, Knightswood Brotherhood. It was the white cloak that soiled me, not the other way around. It was the gods who neglected to give me give you a cock, Brienne, not me, so spare me your envy. Yeah, so I do want to fuck that that line from Brienne was fucking dope. I know that the, the, knight, the dick thing the gift the, to be a knight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just that like after he's just spitting in her face basically and she just comes in and is like no, you soiled this. Like, yeah. to be that steadfast, Yeah, you're not awesome. going to change my beliefs on this. Then, a fucking zinger like I've never fucking heard. Yeah, Because Jimmy. the gods didn't give you a cock, don't fucking take your hatred I and ire I also like the point about the white cloak soiling him. That's like, sick. He joined for love. The woman he joined for, who manipulated him into joining, was taken away, and he was left. And it, he tell he was left to guard a mad king. How fucking terrifying! And then watch four men try to replace his father with the mad king, who is specifically trying to replace his father, and rub it in. Like, it's it's painted so fucking clearly for us here that he's a damaged he, individual. He was a scared fucking kid who. You know, yeah. We well, can... that and that's what's really important here is the kid that we just saw in the inn is the same age Jamie was then. Mm. This fifteen-year-old kid, like when he yeah. got his white cloak. That kid, <clears throat> excuse me, that kid wearing a white cloak. Imagine yeah. that. Like, and, and we get more later when Ares is telling Jamie specifically he wants his fa- he wants Jamie. To cut off his father's head. Like, a boy put yeah. into that situation, no wonder he, he thinks it's the white cloak that soiled him. Because before that, he wasn't bound to Ares and then torn between Ares and his father the way. And it's just, I love that line. And then, of course, the gods neglected yeah, to give yeah, you yeah. a cock. And that's the heart of it is Brienne feels like she's the wrong. I mean, whether or not she feels like she's the wrong sex, she certainly wants to be viewed as a knight first. And because of her sex she can't and right. so he kind of hit the nail on the she head. finally storms off yeah she's which done. again she doesn't hit him no she walks off and jamie yeah closes his eyes and sees aries alone in his throne room pacing picking at the scabs on his fingers from the cuts of the iron throne and jamie jamie slipped jamie jamie slips in again. no jamie's got golden armor yeah he does not the white armor golden but Everyone. no one ever remembered that would that I had took off that damn cloak as well, he thinks. So I think that that was his attempt to... Choose his loyalty. Not break his vow. Like, to, I, I'm, not a, I'm not doing this as a Kingsguard member. I'm doing this as... A Lannister. A Lannister. Yeah. And, like, that's why I think he's so upset that nobody ever remembers that, though. They just think of me as this knight, you know... Yeah. Ares demands to know whose blood is on Jaime's golden sword. He wants to know if it's Tywin. He wants Tywin's head, and Jamie will bring it to him, or he'll burn with the rest of them. Rosart says that there are traitors in the walls. And, like, just this scene alone paints such a terrifying image of what the Mad King's reign is. This dude is, scre- like, literally saying that there's... He's believing a guy who's saying that there's traitors creeping okay. around in the wall. We know Varys uh, yeah, I was uses... Say. But, like... But yeah, somebody's more putting to me. That... It's saying his mental state. Oh, like, absolutely. In his walls, there's traitors in the walls type thing. Like he's seeing fucking enemies everywhere, and it's a horrifying position. Who know? Like, and that's the thing. Jamie's living here, and his life is so every also, day a Russian roulette game. Chat is a traitor in the wall. What? Chat is a traitor in the wall. Yeah, whatever. Every day, Jamie's life is a rush from that game. He doesn't know if he's going to be the right. next one strung up over the brazier because being of, burned. Yeah, because he's of his affiliate. Kids. Yeah, exactly. And so it paints such a terrifying image, and then he starts demanding, whose blood? Whose? Whose? Rose Arts. Oh, God, Jamie, you're and so cool. The king fucking shits, shits himself. Pants. His eyes went wide. He shits himself and turns to flee. And Jamie hauls him bodily off the stairs. And I so I just picture this as this fifteen-year-old fit kid just running up and grabbing the king by his cape and oh, just yeah, yanking him, him off the stairs yeah. and throwing him down. 
and he thinks like this guy smells like shit. He's it takes one slice across his throat to yep. kill him. And he thinks kings should die harder than this. That I that line is just a powerful with how afraid so, everyone is of Ares Targaryen. This is the fight he puts up. And I'm going to cast some light now onto Robert Baratheon. Kings should die harder than this. He laid in a fucking bed killed by a boar. Right. I mean, poison was involved. No alcohol was involved. But I mean, poison. very but. few kings in this history have died on right. a field of battle like, or in valor or or. But I mean, there's when you when you hear the stories of a king fighting the the old tales, it's you know these people other than Torrin Stark. Apparently, he kneels, but like we hear the Storm Lord from Storm's End coming out and fighting on the great battlefield and then losing or yeah. you know and it's those types of, and that's what I think Jamie was expecting he's I'm going to I'm going to kill him but I'm going to have to slay this dragon It's going to be a fight yeah nothing yeah he shit his pants right it's gross yeah it's and it, I mean <laughs> look at Joffrey right like all the kings we've seen die have died pathetically I mean look at people who they believe like the the small folk Tywin like all these people who are kingly in this yeah, book, lordly and these die. Tywin lord, dies right. taking a shit by like, a coward's weapon, right? By a crossbow, coward's weapon. Like it's all. No king has died in a way that right. inspires awe. And I mean, right now in this story, the king most inspiring awe, and not just like burning landscapes, isn't Rob Stark? Mance Raider. It's Mance Raider. Yeah, yeah. Mance Raider is the king of kings at the moment because he's the one. Trying to actively, actually protect his fucking people. You think he's Ozymandias? What? Ozymandias? No, I think he... I No, I, I don't know. I don't think he's so vain yeah, to yeah, build right. a statue to himself. That's more Danny. Um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I love this whole, this whole interaction. And that was it. The king was dead, and he thinks that Rosar had at least tried to make a fight of right. it. Although, tr- truthfully, he fought like an alchemist. Right, right. <laughs> Which so, is so funny. He then also him. thinks that... If he had had the time, he would have fled. Yep. He would have left. thought of it, yeah. Would have been the best thing ever for him. Sir Ellis Westerling and Lord Craycall burst in in time to see the last of it. And Craycall doesn't at all seem surprised to see Ares dead. He knew that Jaime was a Lannister before he was a Kingsguard. And Lord Craycall asks if he should... Uh, well, Jamie tells him to make the proclamation. The King Mad King is dead. Any who throw down their arms will be treated gently. And Craycall asks if he should declare a new king as well. And Jamie understood the question well enough. Shall I name your father, Robert Baratheon, or perhaps another dragon king, one of the Targaryen babes? And this is, we get that he considers Aegon, who gets is currently about to get murdered by the mountain, Gregor Clegane. Right. Why did I stumble over that motherfucker? Which I, so we hard. also get the side note that Clegane is currently scaling the fucking walls, and what a terrifying dude! The image. mountain climbing a yeah, mountain, dude. like He's is scaling up the walls. Fucking Godzilla, hold like fast. or King Kong, right? Yeah, <laughs> to go after those babies. Right. End of rape and right. Well, potentially rumored, mm. which I believe. But um, yeah, Jamie, and this to me also, or Viserys, is where we get the point of. I think how dangerous Jamie Lannister is because it's a fucking joke to him. He thinks how funny it would be to put one of the Targaryens right. on the throne. Fuck you. Let your wolves Watch howl. Watch the wolves howl and, and the... the Stormlords rage because there's a Targaryen in my father's hand again. Nothing's changed. Ha ha ha. And those are exactly what those two would do. Ned would sit there and cry foul. This is not acceptable. This isn't what we wanted. Well, you I mean, who this. wouldn't? You just no, have a huge rebellion. And Robert would fucking lose it. Lose right. it. And Jamie just thinks it's funny. Like, it's just, that'd be a funny thing to do. Name a king. Naming a king. And he finds a way. 15 years to old. To turn it into a jest. Yeah. And, and it's, well, it's a lot of pressure to No, no, absolutely. I'm not yeah, saying he's no. to blame, but and I'm so saying that's he doesn't. the danger. He says, name one yourself. Yeah. Pick whoever you well, want. Well, it's the blood. He looks at Ares and sees the blood pooling out from under him and thinks his blood is in them as well. And he can't do that. That's what stops him. Right. Blood of the dragon. And so, yeah, he says, proclaim who you bloody well like. I don't give a shit. And then he goes and climbs the stairs of the Iron Throne and sits with his sword across his knees to sit and wait and see who came to claim the kingdom. And as it happens, it was Eddard Stark. I love the way Martin wrote that. 
because this is the image. This is this is the nickname. And right. This right. is where it happened. Ned Stark came in Kingslayer. Late. Ned Stark came in late. Late, right. Not even the Jamie, first person. Ares has been dead. Jamie had time to discuss whether or not he wanted to declare himself king. Right. Whatever. Chose not to, and then went and sat and waited for a little bit, and then Ned Stark came in and so and judged him. And that's what Jamie thinks here is you had no right to judge me either, Stark. And and he didn't. Ned Stark had the least. Right. Like he didn't come in as Cray Call and right. Westerling did. No... It was uh, and Westerling, I think, is an interesting point. We're getting right the allies of the Lannisters yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh but yeah, I mean such a fucking brilliant, brilliant look at G- at that at that fateful day for Jamie. Right, right, right. But then he is kicked awake. Well, his dreams. In the in his dreams. Oh right, that's oh my god. You wanted right. to bring yeah, it yeah, up. Yeah. The the dead came burning, gowned in swirling green flames, and Jamie danced around them with a golden sword. But for each one he struck down, two more rose in its place. Right. Uh, and yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm just bringing up the his hand, losing his hand, and he's going to be getting the golden replacement, yeah. and just that that imagery again that Martin's placing. Mine he's, went a little different with this one. With the is there some wildfire? Well, thing in I here, think that's just... the the red herring is that it's meant to be thought of as wildfire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the green swirling flame is meant to represent Cersei. In yeah, her eyes. absolutely. And yeah. she's the one that she's actually causing all the chaos. Right in his the... life, at least. Yeah, yeah. And absolutely. I think it's this physical manifestation of no matter how many ties he tries she to cut with him, yeah. she is the swirling green flame yeah, yeah. sending these dead men after him. Two after another. And, yep. Right, and then he's awoken by a boot to the ribs. They eat some breakfast. It's still dark. It's raining. They eat some breakfast. And, and go. They, yeah, they were back in the saddle again before the sun came up. Right. And that's the end of Jamie 2. And goddamn, what a good job. Man, I, I, when I was reading through it at first, I was kind of like, yeah, this is a pretty... Straightforward. Straightforward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just, God, it's so cool to see the insides of his thoughts. Like, after so long. Jamie's a character you, you initially want to hate. But you, if you sit down and you think about what he's saying, right. it, it's he, it's a tra- it's painting a tragic character, and that's what makes this so fun. Is the reread is being able to empathize with him so early on and see these new takes on this early stuff. Where on your first read, you hate this fucker. Up until, like, yeah, up until you see the treatment he gets losing it's his that hand. Last and of Us like, Two, right, you mentioned, yeah. you know, with and so you you want to hate him, but if you know that you don't need to hate him right from the get go. You get these great insights to him early on. Of as Jamie how he... Lannister trying to crack right. through the Kingslayer. Exactly. Yeah, and it's awesome. And just how Jamie hates that moniker. He hates being called that. And that's his wench. That's Brienne's. That's their trade off here is he calls her wench constantly and, and she's she... ignoring and shrugging off everything he says and referring to him as the Kingslayer, it, which immediately fires him, him yeah, up. And... So quick. It's funny to see how fast he fires up yeah. over that. But it also, we get to We're see why. why yeah. Like, and it makes sense. And it, we don't even have the 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 burn the bulk mall. of it. Yeah, where yeah. He, where we see why he was like, no, this guy needs to die. It's not just because of a oh, I've heard the rumors. I saw this man burn the flesh off of people for pleasure. And that's, I think, one of the funnest questions is is what Jamie did with Ares heroic or villainous? And it can, uh, it can. I think an argument be made for both. You either die your hero, or you live long enough to <laughs> see yourself 15, become a so, villain. Uh, he, I don't think he saw himself become it, a villain. It's Westeros, but I yeah, I love it. It was a good one. Let's convene our small council, get some inductees, and all that. Yeah, yes. we have a lot of inductees from listeners this time, so get through those. Welcome to the small council. Yo. We got some inductees to give. Do you got one for yourself? Yeah, mine's going to the Mad King Ares because I absolutely love that fucking scene and that painted what the end of his reign was and how manic and insane he became. And God, that image of Jamie just slipping in and Rosart's blood and just that, oh, fuck, realization of he's going to kill me. And he died shittily, yeah, literally. Yeah. 
and it disappoint it was disappointing a king should die better and i love the whole way martin painted it from aries pacing and picking at his fucking cut scabby fingers to him demanding and saying rosart says there's traitors in the walls like yeah. it's just insane so yeah aries because without aries there there was like we wouldn't have this tale right now aries was the catalyst for so many people's stories that it's right, cool right. it's cool to get glimpses of him especially right at the end so yeah. in his literal last moments of life the last two minutes he had on planetos we get to see in this chapter and so yeah aries for being as fucking batshit crazy as he was sweet yeah hopefully we get a bit more into that too as we move into winds of winter and shit hell yeah uh i'm going to give mine to Torin stark Torin. yeah and i because I, I really thought it was interesting that jamie said Torin had the wisdom to bend his cold knee, and and I think that's important that he did. Like, the size of the army that he encountered was like, dude, we're fucked if we try this. Yeah, the size of the dragons I, And I think that that's very foretelling for John because it's this northerner, and seeing this, I, I, we're outnumbered, we need to do something else. Fighting them's not, why, all, why should we all die? Why? Let me save us. Mm. I don't need to rule this place. I can kind of rule it. Yeah. He rules. I rule. This and is... so I I go with Torin. Torin for kneeling and saving his peeps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. We did get a bunch of inductees from you guys. So first we're going to hear from Corey at the Dreadfort. And he says, hey, guys, awesome chapter. Jamie is a great POV character. Really enjoy reading his thoughts. He can go from praising Brienne to wanting to kill her on a single page. He is also very competent, able to sniff out bullshit and horseshit, can easily read people, and is extremely aware of his surroundings. I'm a little confused and hope you guys can clarify it. Cersei had a plan for Jaime to join the King's Guard. I thought Ares wanted Jaime as a hostage to keep Tywin at bay. Do you know what her plan was? As we got into, don't really think there was a plan. She probably caught wind of Ares wanting Jaime as a hostage and thought, Getting him to agree to it instead of being forced into it was probably the better option, I would say. Because Jamie, if he's told you're joining the King's Guard, is going to kick and fight and scream. Whereas if he's talked into it by Cersei, when the summons comes, he'll be much more willing to accept it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. as of right now, we don't know. Cersei could have just been bullshitting. Anyway, Corey's inductee is going to go to thick skinned Lady Brienne. No matter how hard Jamie tried to break her, she remained calm and collective, even after the gods and cock line that almost had Corey in tears BT dubs. <laughs> because of her father, she was able to build a strong immunity to dicks like Jamie. One last thing, Sir Cleos. <laughs> we know you're extremely tired, but don't worry. You'll be getting lots of rest shortly. Corey from the Dreadfort. Thanks, Corey. Lovely. We appreciate that. Bye, Thank Sir so Cleos. So next we have Karen. Karen. Hey, Karen. Karen says, I feel bad for the guy. I mean, I know at this point he sucks. I mean, he pushed Bran out of a window because he got caught fucking his twin sister. But since this is a reread, I can tell it hurts his feelings that no one listens to him or takes his suggestion seriously. Your crimes are past forgiveness, Kingslayer. Can you imagine Jamie and Lysa Tully married? What a disaster. <laughs> that would have been inductee. Sir Arthur Dane, the Sword of the Morning. Oh. She's been listening to a lot of In Deep Geek on YouTube. Ooh. Shout outs to them. Check them out. We're friends with them on on Twitter and Tweets. such. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, they are good, she says, and the guys analyzes a lot of A Song of Ice and Fire, and he has some badass theories about the Danes, but also he's a badass himself and should always be welcome. Yes, Sir Arthur Dane is one of the most badass legendary characters in A Song of Ice and Fire that does not derive from the Golden Era. Yeah. That's a pretty bold statement, but not untrue. <laughs> um, thank you, Karen. That's a great one. We appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, again, check out In Deep Geek. They're, they're, he does good stuff. Yeah. We also heard from across the pond in France, all the way over in Essos, Julian. He says he liked this chapter very much. Immediately made him think of the legendary scene between Jamie and Brienne from the TV show. There was a bit of an explanation from the Kingslayer here, but not too much. Not yet. And how awesome from George R. R. Martin to end the dream when Ned, uh, to end the scene when Ned Stark bursts into the throne room. A first reader would be like, "What? And I claim the throne? He ain't that good, is he?" Very interesting perspective. It's all about perspective. I can already feel George preparing Brienne and Jamie to make a good team. Thrilling stuff. 
as for my inductee, it's going to be Throne Jamie. On the throne, at his prime, sword on his knees, above the bleeding corpse of the Mad King. What a sight. Can't wait to unveil more of the book explanations from Jamie about his deed. Have a great day, gentlemen. Valar, slay Ares. Ah. And we do see what you did there. We definitely do. Very good. Very I, good. I, actually, I love that one. Ja- Throne Jamie is one of the coolest images with dead Ares at his feet. Yeah, yeah, dude. That's Cocky, super cool. in his prime, fucking super full of himself, Jamie. But also a scared fucking... Well, right, like, but he's, trevor, but he's fa- exuding yeah, that, that yeah. like, Kingslayer attitude. Thank you, guys. Karen, Corey, yeah, Julian, uh, thank you guys for writing in. We also had some correspondence on YouTube, as always, Stephanie. And actually, I see you there, Corey, as well. Um, some others, uh, sorry if we don't name you yet. Email is, again, the best way to get it. It read out just because there's so many different platforms. Oh, and per to, to, the, the, to the YouTube discussion. <sighs> yes, Stannis burning Shireen is probably, probably in the cards, <laughs> but that doesn't mean I'm going to ever admit it beyond yeah, this so point. So, actually, I'm glad you brought that up on that topic. Yes, Shireen is supposed to be one of the confirmed points by Martin that her burning is going to happen. However, he has also expressed, based on the Hodor incidents, that while the showrunners made it a more literal meaning, when when Martin said hold the door, he meant that almost in a, a figurative, hold the pass, hold this, you know... Not so physically things could have been meaning. taken out of context. And so Shireen burning could mean maybe she does come off of there and she's fully burned and she's the Hound 2.0 and or you know who knows or maybe, maybe she's straight resurrected. Up said he gives Shireen to the flames and that means just something else entirely. Maybe she yeah. does some damage. I'm magic. holding out hope who for knows? my girl. However, so, she's gonna burn. Yeah. Poor Shireen. Womp womp womp. Eat it, Zach. If you would like to write into us, you can do so in many, many ways, starting with our email, Email. withoutmannersbrotherhood at gmail.com. That's where you can find us the most. Most, Yeah, we mostly get inductees through there, long-winded, and we love it, so please hit us up there. There's a Facebook group, facebook.com slash brotherhoodpodcast. I'm on Twitter, at mannerswithout. That's also the Instagram handle. Zach is on Twitter, at carstark92. Leave us a rate and review all over the place, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can go to ratethispodcast.com slash brotherhood. Hell yeah. Like, all the cool stuff. Check out Pod Hero if you want to help support us or Patreon. we we saw your your comment there. We, uh, We are working on Patreon stuff. Yes, Duncan Egg. Bear with us. A we gift know. for the Patreon subscribers. Again, started that new job, and then the, the COVID thing in my area. Here, our county just went back up into the high-risk tier, so Yay. things are shutting down. Yep. So school with my – it's busy time. We are working on and keeping we, yeah, you in Patreon, mind. we absolutely have you in our forethoughts. We love you guys all Next for Next episode in. is going to be Tyrion 2, so yeah. the second brother Lannister. And Tyrion's going to be visiting with Varys in some shape. I also think that we will be able to, our next episode, announce our first uh, appearance. Hallelujah. As that, I was sent out today the message to set those dates in stone for recording. You know, I sent out the those particular ones. So if things go as planned, I can at least announce that it would be on Tyrion 3. Oh, shit. That we will be having guest appearances. I'd so, like to see you in a silk dress. Okay. I'd rather not. With that, we're going to let you go. Valor. Valor. Oh, my God. I guess we're not letting you go oh, yet because we, we need to solve hang up. this. We can't hang up the phone. Wow. I guess we didn't decide. Rock, paper, scissors. Rock, paper, scissors. All right. I think that that counts as scissors. I win. Valor to Harris. Peace. Peace.